The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Injuries are crushing everybody. Fred and I still can't make a trade, and uh, we've tried to pick up players around that. Has it worked? We'll find out here on the next Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast. I am Jeff Erickson. He is Fred Zinke, the man by the doorknob, as we like to call him. Uh, it is a busy, busy uh, May 31st. A lot of games on tap. A lot of news going on. All of our players are going on the aisle at once. Besides that, life is good. How you doing, Fred? Good. I I actually have no shares of any of the talented infielders who went on the IL today. So my IL problems were already already problems, but today I did not by Tim Anderson, by Carlos Correa, by Wander Franco, I didn't get hurt anymore. Yeah, I, I have no Franco this year in redraft leagues. The only place I have him is a keeper league at a score sheet league. But, uh, you know, he's, he's in demand, so I don't have him. I, I only I have a couple of Tim Anderson in, like, draft champions leagues, but none mm-hmm. none of the live drafts, none of the, you know, all, only in, like, the draft and hold leagues do I have him. Uh, yeah, it's 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 wild. I, I did it. I traded for Carlos Correa, though, and that was – I'm a little salty about that one because the Twins didn't announce that they were testing him for COVID. Then, like, they, found, they said, they, oh, we found out during the game, but – you know, it was one of those things where it happened, you know, games already started. I can't bench him for the week. Although I think right. we have midweek activations. I know there's a lot of people that got screwed on that one there. Yes. Yes. That, that is a tough one. So sorry. You said you just traded for him. It just traded for him. Uh, and it's a dynasty slash keeper. It's the XFL. Okay. You know, if you go to first pitch Arizona, yep. uh, it's that league. He's, he's on a three, you know, he's on a contract. So every, his value goes up $3 every month or every year, not month month would be expensive uh every year and it's you don't have to sign him to a long-term contract you just make the decision year in year out and it's an obp league so he's got a little bit more value there um and i traded with ian khan added him to my roster gave up my first round pick in the march draft next year which typically is a prospect that emerged is not already on one of our rosters to begin with there because it's an open universe draft but you can only pick up major leaguers when there's free agent pickups gotcha Makes sense. So, so now if it's just a short stay, are you actually regretting the trade or are you just annoyed? No, I'm just annoyed that, you know, yeah. just the timing. I'm, I'm yeah. annoyed that I lost him, but more importantly, I'm, you know, at least I think I only missed a day of live stats. So it's not right. that bad, but yeah. uh, 
And in fact, the player I slotted in was Max Kepler, who was missed Monday's game, so it actually worked out pretty well. Right. But uh, yeah, anyhow, that, it's not always about me. It, it kind of <laughs> is, but it, it isn't really. But you know, there's I feel like there's a lot more guys going on the IL right now. Do you feel the way feel that way? I do. I do. I'm having more teams where I'm having to make hard now. Like you know, well, in leagues like labor where you have unlimited IL, it's just annoying because you just have to add players and to replace them. Um, but in the NFBC leagues, this is it's becoming hard right now to stash. You know, a possible future closer or For sure stash like a pitcher who you know. Um, actually, I was just talking with Jeff Zimmerman about some Rockies pitchers because last week they were on the road this week they're at home but next week they're back on the road and it was like well maybe we could hold some of them and consider them next week when they're at home or when they're on the road and then but then the injuries start piling up and you're just like no I can't like I'd have to use them this week and I'm not using them this week so they're gonna have to go back to the waiver wire so I think some people will have to make some tough roster decisions but I do think that's part of the part of the fun it's not fun but for that it's not fun for for that guy who has to make the tough roster decisions but it's fun for the league in general because it those tough decisions will push interesting players maybe back onto the waiver wire yeah that's right that's right well that that's always the discussion about whether you should have an il or not yeah tout wars and especially the only leagues that il is i mean that that free agent wire is pretty barren i mean it's although it's not that bad uh but so far, but it's getting there. You get, there's some weeks where there's like 10 hitters that got at bats for the week and five of them are catchers. Uh, and yes, that, that, that's, but early on, I've actually found players that are available, but I I have a feeling it's going to go away. It's going to drop. I actually got outbid in all, all my, I only put a three, uh, bids in, uh, and I got outbid on all three players. So that was annoying. But, uh, again, Hashtag all about me. You mentioned Jeff Zimmerman. I want to I want to steer steer over him for a second. He just lost his brother. Uh, it, long yeah. battle with ALS. I want to you know send out good thoughts to him because you know I know he's been battling that for a long time, um, and he's got a young his brother's got a young family. So um, sending all the good thoughts to Jeff's way. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. Same here. I know from you know from working with Jeff on some of our teams, um, you know how much his brother meant to him, and uh, yeah, like you said, this was a long battle that his brother, you know, uh, put, you know, battled this, uh, to, to extend his life as long as he possibly could. And, um, I think Jeff knew this was coming in the last few weeks, but it doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. And it happened on his brother's birthday too, yeah. which is even worse. Um, yeah. so anyways, yep. um, awful news and sending out our best to, uh, Jeff, uh, some guys there, I found this week, Fred, there were a lot of guys to bid on. I mean, maybe with all these players get, you know, all these players getting hurt, there's more player, there's more opportunities. Michael Harris yeah. got the call. Yeah. Christopher Morell is a guy that's emerged batting lead off and stealing bases. He's actually been up for a while, but he's emerged into a role. Miguel Andujar is all of a sudden viable. Oscar Gonzalez is someone we could bid on. Who did you end up with in all these among all these guys? Um, none of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of them. Um I I I yeah, I didn't I Were didn't you bid Operation second place bidding coming to a four or you just uh, not, not want them? Not even. Um I didn't bid as aggressively on the prospects as I probably could have or should have. In some of the teams where I had a lot of money left, I didn't really need hitting, and then on some of the other teams I didn't have a lot of money left. 
Um, I kind of wish in our labor league that I bid maybe a little harder on some of the hitters that were on waivers. You grabbed a bunch of hitters. Yeah. I, I, I grabbed, did you grab Edwin Rios was one of them. I think I, so I grabbed four players this past week in labor. So keep it, let's set the table. I have 10 guys on the aisle at the time I had eight, five of which were fresh and mm-hmm. one was coming back. So I had four open spots. Yeah. As it turns out, Brandon Woodruff then went on the aisle and then, yeah. The, the surprise one was uh, Jonathan VR, who uh, had the dental dental surgery IL trip, which was one we didn't expect to see. Well, uh, after he got hurt with some sort yeah. of exercise thing and it snapped back, caused <laughs> dental injury there. And they yeah. didn't announce it until Monday. Thanks, Cubs. Good job there. You, know, you deserve to lose yeah. double headers because of that. And they did. So good for them. But um, yeah, uh, I, I was aggressive. So. I got I got uh, Edwin Rios for six. The, I paid thirteen for Michael Harris. I I I I was a little, you know. And the thing is, I was going to bid more, but I saw in like the NFBC was going in the low one hundred, so I kind of dialed it down just a little bit. I won thirteen to twelve on that one. I lost out on Morel. I bid six on him. He went for eleven. I added Harris. I added Trevor Larnock instead of Tyrone Taylor. Uh Kind of wish I would have gotten Taylor with yeah. his two home runs yesterday, but that was my next in line. Larnock had a two-run double today that went off the top of the wall in right center, which would have been a home run in 28 out of 30 ballparks. Not that I was paying attention or being upset about that or anything like that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not – so I knew I wasn't going to get Michael Harris. Uh, I was hoping that Morrell would go for less. Um, I grabbed him in – an NFBC 15 team league the previous week for like, mm-hmm. like a dollar, yeah. which has turned out really well so far. Um, I think I only put in like three or $4 and that obviously didn't get the job done. Um, Edwin Rios, I think I put in a couple dollars. I uh, just not sure how long Max Muncy will be out. I did some reading on that and mm-hmm. Dave Roberts guessed maybe three weeks, but it was totally a guess. So I think maybe I could have gone a little heavier on him because I like that. Everybody likes Dodgers lineup. Saying I like the Dodgers lineup is ridiculous. Yeah. Everyone likes Dodgers lineup. You were the only person who bid on Larnick, and that is disappointing. Like I should have, I should have bid on him as well. Yeah, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I'm yes. happy to get him. I just yes. wish I would have bid one because every single dollar no. in this league matters. Yeah, so no, you much. you did it right though. That's ridiculous that none of us bid on him. Like for example, four people bid on Tyrone Taylor. I was one of them, but I only bid a dollar. I thought maybe I could sneak him through. So see, I was just cheap. In that league I was just cheap. I'm only I'm out of about half my money's gone. I was cheap. I grabbed Cole Salsa for a dollar on the chance that maybe he'd be the Marlins next closer. He brought his gas can to Colorado last night for me and gave up like four runs in a third of an inning or something like that, which is really annoying on the first day. You that's like the reliever gomber, right? Like there's the gomber, but that's a starting pitcher who just blows up your ratios. The, the reliever gomber is when you take a shot at, you know, a speculative closer or just grab a reliever to put in your lineup and you're hoping for maybe two or three scoreless innings in the week. And on the Monday he gives up, you know, four runs. That is, I, I got reliever it's, it's, gombered but, by Cole Salser. But wait, it's but wait, there's more. It's worse because he came in the seventh inning and did. That. I know, I know. And he didn't wasn't even get a close. single out. Um, uh, there you go. Yeah, he wasn't even going to close. I still think that in that muddled bullpen, he could emerge as the closer, um, which is why I spent a dollar on him. It, it ruined all of our trade talks for those who have been following this saga, because we were talking about a hitter for a pitcher trade, but then you grabbed a bunch of hitters, so you don't. You're not as de- like well. I think you're not as desperate until you see how this week plays out. Um, Correct. And I'm. I grabbed Salser and I looked at the standings and I don't know if I really need a closer. I don't know. Maybe I need a starting pitcher. 
that's maybe I need a starting pitcher more than a closer. Cause I think I've been getting more out of my starting pitching probably than their actual talent level so far this year. I really need Chris sale to come back. Remember him? Yeah, but he might come back as a reliever. I'll take it. If it's the closer, I'll take it. If it's a long reliever, I guess if we piggyback on Rich Hill, that would be fine. Yeah, Although by the time Tanner Rich- Hauk, it hasn't worked well for Tanner. Hauk. I was going to say by the time Rich Hill leaves the games lately, they're losing by too much for, for the yeah. piggyback guy to get a win. So anyways, I think you, I think you made some good moves. I think you, you bought guys at good prices. Um, in some of my other leagues, I made some cheap ads on pitchers such as Jordan Lyles, um, mm-hmm. Mitch White, who has a home start against the pirates this week. I like that. Um, I was in on Keegan Thompson. I'm not sure if I got him anywhere. I like that. I yeah, like that I, I tried. I felt like the hitters were more appealing this week and obviously went for a lot more. I went in the other direction and just tried to snag some cheap pitching because I'm finding, and we've already talked about this, but there's still plenty of high-end pitching. Now, the league-wide ERA last week ballooned. I forget what it was at the end of the week, but it was like high fours. So. Yeah. The league-wide ERA last week ballooned. There were there's still lots of pitchers who are doing great things, but I am finding, especially in the 15s, the waiver wire is running dry on starting pitching. So I still have my eye out for that. Yep. Uh, to your point, uh, league average, you know, we're league average offense was averaging 4.00 runs per game about mm-hmm. two weeks ago. It's up yep. to 4.26 now. Yep. Average home runs per team were 0.9 per game. It's 1.01. Yep. Batting average was at 232. It's 239. So it's coming around and yes. So here's my question for you. And I think, I think this is something that a lot of people will be interested in. So, because I've been thinking about this a lot. So we have these like terrific ratios, although I don't have those anymore in labor, but we have these, but generally as a league, we have these like terrific ratios in fantasy. So I'm looking at our labor league right now. Mm -hmm. Half the league has an ERA under 3.5. Um, in the whip category, um, we've got two, four, six people with a whip of, if I'm rounding it off, 1.16 or less. Um, half the league's under 1.2. So we have these amazing ratios, better ratios than we typically would have. Right. Um, we're starting to run out of starting pitchers a little bit in this 15-team yep. format. Um, you need to keep up in the strikeouts category unless you're way out in front, like um, I happen to be in this league where I've... 22 strikeouts more than the next guy and quick math 57 more than the guy two places behind me. So I could pivot and try to use more relievers. But the question is for people who are more like middle of the pack in strikeouts and middle of the pack in wins, and you have these great ratios, what do you do from here on out? Like, do you start using these, you know, not so good starters and crossing your fingers on them? If the scoring is going up, or do you start limiting your innings by using middle relievers so that you don't blow up your ratios? Right. And hope, and hopefully you get lucky. You go get the ex, the next Adam Simber, or you maybe get the actual Adam right. Simber. I don't know. Right. Uh, kind of like, uh, what was it? Brent Suter last year who had like nine wins, 10 wins. Chad yeah. Green had a bunch, but you know what? That is such a like catching catch lightning in a bottle exercise, trying to find wins from setup guys in middle. Right. Relievers. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I don't recommend it. Um, I, I, I think you, if you find like great ratios and all that great. Um, but I, I think it's, it's fraught with peril and then you're losing ground a little bit on the, uh, you know, the, you know, you're losing ground on strikeouts. Maybe, maybe you're not, maybe you're actually doing fine on the, on the, the strikeouts there if they're pitching enough, but there's weeks where these guys are going to throw two innings and that's tough. Yeah. It's also like, it's not, 
so linear where you can say, oh, hey, this reliever's been pitching really well. So if I pick him up, he's going to throw two or three innings and he probably won't give up a run. And I'll give you a great example. Michael King on the Yankees overall this year has been great. Um, I grabbed him in a league a couple weeks ago. And the theory was, you know, he's been pitching high leverage roles, multiple innings, his ERA, his ERA, I think going into the week is around one and a half. Okay. So I'm going to have him. He's going to throw two or three innings. He's going to give up one run or less. Well, anyways, I used him for two weeks. He's given up runs in each of his last three appearances, uh, mm-hmm. six six runs total in those three appearances. So he actually hurt any of, oh, and in those three appearances, he got one strikeout. So I don't know <laughs> what happened. I don't know what happened to Michael King. Like if you look at his game by game log, like he is just cruising. Like every appearance is multiple yeah. strikeouts. Every appearance is is you know scoreless innings. And right when I grabbed him. And, and the whole point was just like, okay, he, you know, the old, he won't hurt me. He's not going to hurt me. He's going to throw two or three innings. He probably won't get a win or a save, but he might, but he probably won't. But he's going to throw two or three scoreless innings, probably get me in those two or three innings, but four strikeouts. Great. Won't hurt me. Like if I rolled out Jordan Lyles, well, in the end, he's hurt me more than rolling out Jordan Lyles. And probably. Jordan Lyles has pitched well, by the way, too, right. in that stretch. So, yeah. And I always think of him as this like on and off waivers, 15 team league type pitcher. So oh. He I'm super familiar with Lyles because I've got him in a Stratomatic League where his greatest skill, his greatest quality mm-hmm. is innings pitched. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I'm in this crazy Strat League. It's 30 teams. So anybody with a pulse is, you know, rostered. Yeah. And then you have to figure out how to deploy them. And let me tell you, finding a league average fourth or fifth starter is handy. It's very yeah. handy. Yeah. So what do you do about your pitching? So – Let's say you're like middle of the pack or, 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 but at least like in a fight in wins and in a fight in strikeouts mm-hmm. and you got good ratios. Like, are you going to go the direction of continuing to roll out? Some people would have rolled out Eric Fetty last night for his two start week, um, mm, you know, yeah. in hopes of getting, you know, this week, 10 or 12 strikeouts and hopefully he gets a win and, you know, and he hurt your ratios a lot and the better your ratios are, the more he hurt them mathematically so you know if you're sitting in these leagues with a 3.4 era and a 1.14 whip it's gonna be really tough decision making in the next few weeks do you try to protect those ratios at the expense of maybe a few strikeouts and cross your fingers on the wins or do you go for it and keep piling up innings and just hope that that these lower end starters that you're going to find on waivers over the next few weeks that they can hold up their end of the bargain someone probably used Devin smelter today and it went really well Someone yeah, I was just going to say, there for there, but for the grace of Devin Smeltzer, go I because yep. it worked out today. I yep. still have a Toronto start left in Toronto, so uh, for let let let's cancel that parade yep. uh, because there's still a lot of damage that could happen. But yeah, hey, I mean, I mean, I think you just do your best. I don't think you always target. Uh, I don't think you always target two star starters. I think you find good starts. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means find. Find the target, find the Tigers, find the A's, Mm -hmm. go out and find those matchups the best you can. Now, it still might blow up in your face. Ask John Gray, who got blown up by the A's on Friday night. And that's the guy that wasn't even necessarily a streamer. He's a guy that was rostered. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's the other thing. You're right. Like, it it can be just your regular guys who you're rolling out every week. Well, their ratios are probably going to creep up. Well, there are going to. If if league-wide scoring creeps up, Mm -hmm. then just the average, the, the regular guys in your lineup, their ERAs, they're all of them won't have their ERA creep up. But as a group, if you got five of them on average, yeah. their ERAs are going to creep up. So I think right. I think it's gonna be interesting decision making because we haven't seen offense as bad as we saw it in April in a long time. 
Right. If that, if it changes, whether that's the baseball or the weather or pitchers just wearing down, but if it changes, how we play this out the rest of the way is going to decide a lot of leagues. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I uh, got a comment here from him uh, saying, trying to convince my fantasy commission to make it holds instead of saves next year. I'm vehemently against this. Vehemently. Holds are just as dumb, if not dumber than saves. Uh, you, you can, you know, as long as you don't actually give up the lead, you, you can you basically get a hold for anything. Um, it's lower leverage situations. I, maybe holds plus saves if you want to improve yes. the value of some of these top startup guys, but definitely not instead of saves. That That's, that's wrong. That's just wrong. I, uh, I like I like saves plus holds, um, especially since they switched to the three batter minimum. So I yep. didn't like it when a reliever could come in in the sixth inning, face one batter, and get a hold. I didn't like saves plus holds as much then. Now that there's the three batter or finish the inning minimum, um, I think it makes the holds more valid. Um, we know now as baseball fans that facing the heart of a lineup in the seventh inning is maybe a tougher task for a reliever than facing yeah. the bottom of the lineup in the ninth, whether, you know, so, so I think that's, I think that makes holds more valuable too. So I, and, and I, I just like the idea that saves plus holds drives the fantasy value more towards figuring out which relievers do you actually think are good? Because that's what makes yeah. teams are thinking about more now and now, now, now that for sure. well. Um, so I, I, I think, I think I like it for that reason. Like I don't, I don't really love that I'm picking up Cole Seltzer and just crossing my fingers that his manager might decide to use yep. him in the, to use him in the ninth inning. I don't, like, I don't really love that feeling. I'd rather pick up Cole Seltzer or Michael King or whatever because I think they're good pitchers and they're going to pitch high leverage situations. Yeah, I can't even chastise you by the way for your uh, your your pickup of Seltzer because I actually did in one of my online championships. Yeah, uh, but. At the same time, I've been there before. At least I avoided in the main event this year. But <laughs> we we bid on him. He was in our waterfall, if you will. Okay. Uh, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens uh, going forward. But, uh, I mean, the Marlins bullpen is right there with the Reds. And the Mariners is like, ugh, throw your yep. hands up there. Red Sox. Red Sox are the worst because they're a good. They're supposed to be a good team. And here we right. are. And they have nobody with more than two saves this year, Fred. Two. Yeah. <laughs> That that is that is remarkable, and that is a sign of the times. Like you would have never seen that ten years ago. Yep. Right. Probably even five years ago, you would have never seen that on a team. Like a team would have to be incredibly bad to roll into June with with no without a three save pitcher. Yep, that's right. I'm uh, just retweeting something I saw from Danielle Lerner. I think she writes for the uh, uh, the Athletic and the Houston Chronicle. Uh, she uh, reports no Kyle Tucker today. Uh, so again, this is like four days in a row now with Kyle Tucker being out. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a guess here, Fred, as to which team Kyle Tucker's on in labor. Uh, (laughs) you know, the first, I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. Yeah. No, I know. I, I know these yours. He's also on my team that has the highest financial investment in it. So I sat him. Yeah. That's an NFBC. I sat him, at least in that league, I could sit him till Friday and hopefully he's back by Friday. They haven't IL'd him. Hopefully that means he'll come back by Friday. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. So I have 10 guys on the aisle and two guys doubtful. Cody Bellinger out of the lineup again today right. with an adductor yep. injury also. So, I mean, even my like guys that are active aren't even active. Oh, it's just insane. I have Carlson yep. on the aisle, Josh Donaldson. Well, uh, Austin Meadows, who has vertigo for crying out loud, uh, you know, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, just, uh, just Jonathan VR with a dental injury. Come on. Just, just stop with that noise. 
baseball players they get hurt they get hurt in the most random ways i swear yep. of every sport i know it's magnified a little bit because they play every day so you know when they get hurt there's no football player who get hurt on a tuesday and rally by sunday but um i swear base no no group of athletes gets hurt in more random ways than baseball players yeah it feels like it i just think yeah. it's just it's the day-to-day there's so many games there's so many players you know it's magnified so much mm-hmm. uh it's just such a long season uh, there's some closer concerns out there, but before we hit that, going to get uh, play. Take a second to play commercials from our friends on the Blue Wire Network. We host our podcast on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we are back here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Jeff Erickson. He is Fred Zinke. Let's talk closers, Fred. Craig Kimbrell gave it up last night. He has really struggled lately. How concerned are you? Not that. I always felt like the Dodgers were really patient with Kenley Jansen when he went through the occasional rough patch. So I feel like they'll be the same with Kimbrell. Um, He's not walking the park or anything this year. Like his strikeout rate's not amazing anymore, but mm-hmm. it's not terrible. His walk rate's actually way down. Um, he's not giving up a ton of home runs. I think that this this will just pass. I don't think Craig Kimbrell is going to be an awesome closer this year, but I think that <coughs> excuse me, the Dodgers will be so good that he'll find his way to kind of thirty saves just like Kenley did. The ratios will just won't be helpful, but they won't kill you either. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of still on board. Like if I had Kimbrell in a trading league, I wouldn't look to move him. Unless, like unless I had too many closers, I'd be open to moving him, but I wouldn't be desperate to move him. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think I know I'm sometimes too high on Kimbrell. So talk me down if you think I'm not giving this enough credibility. I mean, he's come back from the fantasy dead before, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm willing, you, you got to give him some benefit of the doubt. I did pick up Daniel Hudson in a, I think in a 12 team where I picked him up. Uh okay. I'm trying to, I'm going to find the league where I grabbed him, but I did grab him in one league. Might've been the fancy uh, TGFBI. No, I don't think it was yogurt. Cause I have plenty of closers there. Um, mediocre closers, but closers nonetheless. Uh, anyhow, I, I grabbed him in one league. Cause I have some concerns, maybe short-term concerns. Uh, you could maybe see that a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't think I, don't, I, I can't remember where I got him, but maybe it's the staff keeper league. Actually, okay. I think that's a Rotowire staff keeper league. I think that's it. Uh, because hey, long term, Hudson might be the guy. Uh, I don't think it's 
I think Kimbrell stays eventually. I mean, they gave up a decent amount for him yeah. uh, in the case of AJ Pollock and they're paying him a decent amount of money. So they're going to give him a little bit of leash and the Dodgers, they're playing so well right now that I think they can afford a little bit. Now they did finally, they, they can't beat the pirates. They can beat everybody else. They can't beat the pirates right now. They'll Weird. probably figure the pirates out eventually. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if Kimbrell, so, so uh, comparing him to my concerns about Araldis Chapman before he went on the IL, hopefully the mm. IL fixes whatever fixes what was wrong with Araldis. But um, if Kimbrell was walking a ton of batters or he couldn't get any strikeouts or he was giving up a ton of home runs, I think I'd be more worried just with all those things not really happening. He's just, giving up a fair amount of hits and too many runs lately. I don't know. I think, I think Daniel Hudson, similar to Blake Trinan last year, like I think Daniel Hudson will finish the season with several wins, whether it's five, six, whatever, and eight saves or something like that. And that'll keep Kimbrell at 28 saves or 30 saves on a team that probably ends up with 45 saves. I think it'll be. He is Chad green to last year's old as Chapman. Yep. Exactly. Yep. For sure. So I, I think that'll happen again. Um, but I, I don't see Kimbrell, like unless there's an injury, we don't know, but I don't see him losing the job. I'm not not freaking out about him. In fact, I guess that means if I was really looking for saves in a training league, I would maybe go out right now and put an offer in for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he's someone I want to have. I think he's yeah. like Clay Holmes right now. I think he is. Clay Holmes, does he keep the job when Chapman's ready? No, I don't think so. I think when Chapman's ready, he comes back and he gets – his chance to close again. The Yankees have always been really patient with him. I know it's last year of his contract and all those things, but um, I just don't think a guy like a, like a, with a long-term closer history, like Raldis Chapman, like I don't think he goes on the IL. Let's say he's on the IL for three weeks or something like that. Like, I don't think he goes on the IL and then comes back and doesn't get the ninth inning back at all. I think, I think they either give him an appearance or two and then he's back in the ninth inning or, or they put him right straight back in the ninth inning and let him pitch his way out of the ninth inning. But I think he's going to have to pitch his way out of that closer's job. I, I think Holmes just goes back to set up when Chapman comes back. But I'm not I'm not really at the possibility that Chapman just can't do it and then Holmes gets to do it again. Like if I had Holmes, which I have him in no leagues, um, I would hold him for sure when Chapman comes back and probably for like three or four weeks. I think there's a non-zero chance he doesn't get it back at all. Um, I, I just can't see, I, I don't know. I can't see them taking that job away from him. Uh, why not though? I mean, it's the last year of his contract. There's no yep. reason to like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta build him up. Uh, he just hasn't been that good. No, he hasn't been, but there's an injury here and he still hasn't blown a save this year. So I think it's an, I, I think injury. he at least gets a chance to, I think he at least gets a chance when he comes back. I think it's an air quotes injury. I don't even think it's that. Maybe I, I'm uh, not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I could be 100% wrong on this one here, but I mean, Clay Holmes has been so much better than him. Yeah, but uh, I think the Yankees are smart enough too, though, to know that they can still get so much out of Clay Holmes without using him in the ninth inning, right? Like that also frees him up to, like we talked about earlier, that frees him up to get a hold by facing the heart of the order in the sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever. Um, and why can't and they do that with Chapman? They could. How will Chapman do in that role when he hasn't been pitching well this year? I don't know. Chapman's always been a closer. Like he's like Kimbrel, even more, maybe at least as much, if not more. So like the last time Chapman wasn't his team's closer was 2011. Okay. So, so I, like that would be a big change for Chapman, and it's coming out. Like he comes back off an injury, hasn't blown a save this year, and I get it. You could sit him down and be like, you didn't pitch well enough before you went on the IL. We're going to take the closer's job. I just don't see that being like a June thing 
for them to do. It could be a September thing if this was September, but I don't see it being a June thing. I think when he comes back, maybe they make him have like a scoreless inning or two before they let him convert saves. Uh, maybe, maybe not even, but I just don't see them sitting him down when he hasn't even blown a save this year. And he's been a closer for 10 years and saying, you're not getting any, you're not getting the next save chance. So that's what I think. I think at part, like I said, partially because they know that they can get so much out of homes as a setup man. Maybe, maybe you're right. I, I think that you're not only maybe you're right. You're, you're probably a heavy favorite to be right. It's also I, way harder to go back. Like, so if you put Chapman into like the, the earlier innings and then like, it's harder to now, like it's a big deal. So now if you want to put him back in as closer later, he's pitching well and you want to transition him back. Like I guess you can, but I think that's like a, that's like a big deal to like take him out and then put him back. I think it's, Simpler. I, I have been of the mindset all year that if he's not holding up his end of the bargain by like the end of July, they'll look to trade for someone or they'll switch to homes or something. But I just yeah. think it's too early yet for them to walk away from him. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I, I would. Yeah, I, I think Holmes ends up with. I'm going to say 20 plus saves. Um, that's my bet. Okay. That's my bet. But then again, okay. I also. I've got that with my main event. I've got him in labor, so I'm I'm self-interested here too. How, now, while we're on the closers, what are your thoughts on Corey Knable? Because he's like he's given up a lot of runs or some runs lately. He has given up home runs in each of his last two appearances. He's not striking a lot of batters out. He's walking about as many as he's striking out in say the last three weeks or so. Um, I think he's concerning. I absolutely think he's concerning. Yeah. I don't think he has nearly the leash or That's nearly right. the, the track record to that end. I picked up uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez and Yahoo okay. friends and family today. Um, by the way, this was not a quick pickup. This was like, you know, he's been Canable struggled for a while. I waited till like yep. during the show we were talking about it and I picked him up, but yeah, I don't even, I mean, I have all these like quasi pseudo closers. I cut fire rising too much to my chagrin earlier this, like last okay. week when I needed a spot for a hitter. Probably shouldn't have, but yeah, I, I I don't think there's any reason to trust uh, trust Canable. I mean, I I think it might even be the next save chance might go to Dominguez, assuming Dominguez is healthy. Yeah, it's quite possible. I know Joe I mean, not Girardi healthy, but fresh. Sorry, it's fresh. Yeah, I I know Joe Girardi stuck up for Canable recently. That doesn't. We know that that can sometimes almost be the kiss of death, where your manager's like, "No, he's our closer." Then you go blow another one, and then he's like, "Okay, now I got to think twice about this." Um, yeah, and different than and different, and I know this shouldn't totally matter, but different than Chapman and different than Kimbrell, Knable has four losses. He has three blown saves this year. So, like, there are more games where the Phillies are finishing off the game and saying mm-hmm. we didn't win the game today because Knable. A big reason we didn't win the game today is because Knable couldn't get the job done. Right? Like, right. Chapman's had some. He's been pulled from save chances. He's had some sketchy ones, but there haven't been time many times where the Yankees have left for the clubhouse saying. We had this game and then Chapman came in and then we lost it. So, and same thing with Kimbrell. So uh, yeah, I, like you said, Knable doesn't have a huge resume. Sir Anthony Dominguez is a really interesting one. He had 16 saves in 2018. So, right. and that was with the Phillies. So they know that. So they know. And he's healthy is. now. I think that yep. was the issue. Why, you know, if, if he had not been hurt before, I think Dominguez starts the year even has the closer, uh, but they felt the need to go out and get somebody from the outside. I just think it's hilarious. They fired Gabe Kapler. One of the things they were talking about is, Oh, you know, he's so bad with bullpen management. So we bring Hey, we got this. We got Joe Girardi, trusted guy. It's going to be fine now. None of this new wave Kapler stuff. 
you know, oh, it's way worse now. <laughs> you know, Sunday night was Sunday night was really bad. Um, you know, they, they rallied to get the lead in the eighth inning, mm-hmm. uh, took out of Vino deep and then gave it away and you know, gave it away right after that yeah. there. And that that's that's just a gut punch. Yes, absolutely. And I do think going back to Dominguez that if he he's basically been hurt for three years, like almost three seasons, like coming out of 2018, like when we drafted in 2019, he was one of those late round guys you picked up being like, okay, he was, he's not, maybe not their closer, but he was really great the year before he got 16 saves the year before he could be really special. ERA was good. Whip was good. Strikeout rates good. And then he just wasn't healthy in 2019 and then ended up missing all of 2020 and basically all of 2021. And now he seems to be back. And this is someone who was, who's actually still only 27 and was once a few years ago, like a really good reliever. So I think that's a really interesting pickup smart by you. Good, good yay, job. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. uh, it has some, you know, pay some, bear some fruit. Uh, it'll be nice. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Yep. Uh, few other things, few other guys, but I mean, th- those, those closers just that, that's just such a carousel. What do the Red Sox do? Do they trade for a closer or is it too late? Are they too far out already? No, I don't think they're too far out. Not with the extra playoff spot in the American. Yeah, League, that's I think. true. I think, and the way their offense hits. No, I don't think so. And, and they're starting pitching's been going fine. I, I could, they could trade for or for relievers or trade for closers. Like you, you mentioned the idea of Chris Sale being in their bullpen. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a closer as a closer or not. It could be. Um, he would probably be really good at it if, <laughs> if that's what they wanted to do. So I think the Red Sox yeah. will have a tough decision in July. Like we're still probably – I think they'll go right up to the deadline. and I So we're probably seven, eight weeks away from that decision. But I think they'll have a tough decision where they can clearly hit that division's clearly really, really good. It'll probably put three teams in the postseason out of the six in the American League. So it's really whether they can get into those three teams. So I think they'll, yeah. I think they'll make their team live with what they have in the pitching department for probably six, seven, eight weeks, and then decide right at the deadline: like, are we in or are we out? Because they could go either way. They would have guys they could trade away right. if they want to just wait another year. Um, it, it it'll we know they'll hit it, it their offense totally back on track so but i don't yeah. see I don't, the yankees aren't going anywhere the rays aren't going anywhere and i don't think the jays are going to go anywhere either yeah so i, I gonna, agree it's going to be hard case Salas our such sale should try to be the closer to include include increase his longevity for the league i agree i mean the red sox have a great example of that happening with dennis eckersley i mean yep. although he did most of his closing with the a's but uh you know, that, someone that, there, yeah, someone they were very familiar with. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, John Smoltz, you know, he closed for him and then went back to starting, which is really remarkable. That almost never happens. Uh, but you know, the thing is, there are some uh some guys there that you know have extended their careers doing that, been a dominant wipeout guy. By the way, Luis Castillo is dealing in this game against the Red Sox. I'm totally jinxing him, but he's like <laughs> striking out guys left and right in this game. He hit 99. Uh He's healthy. He's back from the IL. I mean, I always worry about a guy that spent some time with a shoulder problem, but he missed out on all the cold weather games this year, Fred. He, he's dealing in warm weather. It's nice. He gets traded this summer, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I've been like, kind of like, ah, all like in previous years, the Reds were purporting to try to contend. So it didn't make mm-hmm. any sense uh, for those trade rumors. But this year it makes a big, a lot of sense, it's, I, especially I think, if he's yeah. dealing like this. They could get a lot for him. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I think 
if he stays healthy and is even just reasonably effective, I think he'll get traded. Like you said, with the cold weather, it would make a lot of sense for a team that in the South um, or in a climate controlled stadium where they to maybe trade for him and say, Hey, maybe we can avoid, avoid these slow starts to the season with them for next year. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say he's making a, an audition for the Red Sox who could definitely use him, And that would give them some latitude to put, you know, keep sailing the bullpen, maybe even put Garrett Whitlock there if they so desired, yep. which would really help bolster that bullpen. Uh, yeah. No, he shouldn't be the Reds' closer. Um, Castillo oh. is, you know, is a, a good starting pitcher is way more valuable than a closer. And, and let's face it, the Reds are not a closer away from contending. Uh, they are, they've got a lot of other issues, like six starting spots in their lineup, for instance. And and and, dis- and, disp- and other than his injury this year. What the one thing that makes Castillo's been a bit up and down, obviously the last few years, but the one thing he does is he takes the ball every fifth day, right? Mm-hmm. Like looking at his game, like his game logs in his career, 2018, 31 starts, 2019, 32 starts, the shortened season, 12 starts, which is as much as any pitcher could get to last yep. year, 33 starts. He was a disaster at the beginning of last season, but he took then the he ball figured it every out. fifth yep. game and that that is his calling card. So that is especially why I would want him to remain a starter for his own career and for his trade value. There's value if if he can get back to being a low three ZRA pitcher, that's amazing. If he even if he can't, even if he's a four or a high three ZRA starter, if he's eating 170, 180 innings a year, that's that's huge. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's yeah. massive. So uh yeah, thanks for the feedback on that, but uh, I don't think he should close. I definitely do not think that's the case. Uh, you mentioned uh, we were talking a lot of Red Sox here. Tyler Wells shut down the Red Sox. Yeah. I actually streamed Tyler Wells earlier. He's got lukewarm results. What do you think about Tyler Wells? Are you uh, Do you have him anywhere? No, I streamed him once this year and got pretty good results. Um, yeah, he's, he's in the Jordan Lyles category now. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think that's it. Like the, no better. He's got 28 strikeouts in 43 and two thirds innings. His 28 yeah. strikeouts in 10 starts. Like he's averaging 2.8 strikeouts per start this year. So he's got two wins in 10 starts. The odds so far, the odds that if you start him that you get a win are 20%. So like he's in that, like, Oh, I don't like anyone out there on waivers. Um, uh, the matchup's not – this wasn't the case for the Red Sox game, but other some weeks you'll be like, oh, the matchup's not bad. He's got the Royals or something like that. Whatever. I'll try him. I'll try him. I hope I hope I get a four-strikeout start today, and I'll try him. But, yeah, I think he, I, he's worse than Jordan Lyles as far as streaming. Not similar. I think when I streamed him, it was Royals and Tigers week. Uh, so, Yeah. Uh, yep. that was fine. That's, that's, fine. I think that's where he's at. And that's in 15s or in 12s. If you're like really desperate, like you've really got to move up, up in the, yep. you know, in the strikeouts or in, in, or just, you just, your pitching needs to move up. It's time to start accumulating innings and, and crossing your fingers. Yeah. Yep. By the way, you mentioned in the outline, Eric Fetty and how he got Gombert. He did. I think the Mets are now on that list of teams. I just won't stream against anymore. I ballpark, notwithstanding. I just, they're just too good of a lineup. They take, they, they take so many walks. You might get by, but I, I think the odds are forever against you here. Not in your favor. Interesting. So how many teams are on that list for you right now? I'd Dodgers. Say my, I'm not sure if my Blue Jays are one of them anymore, or at least not um, Given that I'm rostering Smelter this week, I cannot – I don't target them. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's – I mean, we got – I think if it was a standalone against the Jays, I wouldn't even consider it. If it right. was a mediocre – 
you know, opponent, let's call them, say, the Brewers and the Jays. I probably wouldn't consider it, but it was Tigers and Jays. So that's why I did it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would not, I would not. I think the Mets are on the don't fly list. The Dodgers on the don't fly list. Rockies and Coors, duh. Um, Yankees clearly on that list. And then the Red Sox are on that list. Like I didn't start Paul Blackburn this week. Oh, Astros. That's another team I want to avoid if possible. Okay. Uh, How about the Angels? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they probably should be on that list too. Phillies too, while we're at it. Um, they're teams oh. I just don't I don't want to face. I don't know if I put them on the don't fly list, but I'd be in the don't want to face list. Yeah. Okay. So I agree with pretty much all the ones you said. So, okay. So so but just to throw some numbers behind them. So the, okay. So first of all, the Dodgers are on a whole other level. Like yeah. just don't go after them. Their OPS is about twenty five points higher than everyone else, mm-hmm. and their pitching staff is so effective that. Like it's really hard. It's, even if your pitcher has an okay start, he's he's probably not going to go ass backwards into a win, right? Where you're just like, oh yeah, the Dodgers, you know, they just their pit their pitcher really melt down, and he got a free win. That their ERA, team ERA is so good, so they're on a, their own level. If we're just looking at teams by OPS, the Mets and the Angels are basically tied for the next two. Um, with I didn't the realize the Angels were that high, but it makes sense when you yeah. think about some of the big games that they've had. And, and yeah. how well Taylor Ward's done this year for them as a leadoff hitter. I know he hasn't played every game, but like he's been really, really impactful. And then Trout being healthy. And um, by the way, the Angels Jays game on Sunday night took four and a half hours. My favorite game I've watched so far this year. Oh, it was just, wild. With everything going else going on, all these two one and three one games, it was just really fun. There's two, um, there was two games going late, and I had them side by side on the Grid Channel. There was yeah. that game. And Rangers A's, which set baseball back about 20 years right. defensively. The yes. Rangers committed five errors, but it was it was so dumb, it was actually entertaining. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the Angels and Jays, I mean, yeah, that was a fun, fun game. Fun, fun series if you're yep. a Jays fan, because they really they really kind of got on track there. Yeah. With the teams you mentioned though, Yankees surprisingly are only eighth in OPS, although they're not too far behind some teams. Um, but they're only eighth. Uh, I would still mostly avoid them because they're te- similar to the Dodgers. Their team's pitching pretty well. So, you know, your pitcher's going to have to do well to try to get a win. The Astros are only 13th. So that one I found interesting. I, like you, I feel like my gut reaction is to avoid the Astros, but they're behind the Mariners. I think that one's really surprising. Yeah. Uh, they're basically even with the Guardians and the Marlins in OPS as a team this year. So I just wow. find some, of, I find some of those, those really interesting. Um, and I'm a little reluctant against the brewers because they're just barely a top 10 lineup, but there's a really good chance that again, that your starter is going to be going up against a really good starter. Although I guess that's not maybe as much the case with Woodruff and Peralta on the IL. It just yeah. seems like the brewers pitch just in general, like pitch really well. They do. And yeah. it, it, they are a deep team. So, you know, that there is that as a, as, yeah. as a part of it there. Now I'm going to look at one, one thing with the Brewers hitting wise too. Um, I think I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think they're one of the, uh, uh, I, I think you might still get strikeouts against them, which. Uh, uh, yeah. They're fifth, fifth in the majors and strikeouts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, that that that's something you want to see. Uh, although per strikeout percentage, they're eleventh, twenty three point seven percent. You know who strikes out more as a percentage than any other team in baseball right now? Well, I know who has the most strikeouts, and that's the Braves. That is correct, twenty six point six percent. Yeah, yeah Arizona used... second at twenty five point three. Pirates 
there's our angels. I thought that I had this perception the angels were a hard team to strike out, but they're they fourth in strikeout percentage. Yeah. So they used to be. They used to have yeah. some guys like Andrelton Simmons who were mm-hmm. when, were not good, but had really low strikeout rates. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and the Guardians have been the toughest team to strike out, and then the and then the White Sox. Well, I guess yeah. the White Sox and the Cardinals would be right around there. The White Sox played a couple less games, so yeah. they'd be pretty even. And and surprisingly, the Nats have been hard to strike out. I guess Juan Soto was really hard to strike out, at least in part of their lineup. But they don't score much. Um, but they don't shows it's not the be all end all. Yes, for sure. So the White Sox are actually this year they don't strike out much, but they're also 28th in the league in runs scored. Yeah. So well, you're you take like, away Eloy, you take away Anderson, Moncada's yeah. missed a bunch of time. Uh, Vaughn's missed time. They've missed, they've had a yeah, bunch sure. of, yeah, we've talked about that. They, they, they must've disagreed some, uh, grave sites, some point in time. I still think this. they could come around. I think they could come around and we'll join the race, the postseason race. I, they're kind of already on the outside looking at like they're, they're there. They're not, I'm not ruling them out yet. I think they could, could come around, but I think from our discussion here, like what's, my takeaway is like it's important to keep track of the data from this season and not just your perceptions of the teams because it's easy 100% to just be like oh I should I'm not starting that guy he's facing the Astros oh well did you know the Astros are basically a mid middle of the pack team in OPS this year maybe maybe you want to think twice on that and and we all do it like we all fall victim to that sometimes do you want to how much do you want to bet on the Astros remaining there oh no I don't think they will yeah. But I, but it at least makes me think that I think the Astros will improve offensively. Uh, yeah, I think they will. So say they're thir- I said they were 13th. If I was going to bet someone about whether they'll get into the top five, I would bet no. I yeah. bet they don't get into the top five, but that they get into the top 10, maybe eighth, something like that at the end of the year. But I would get bet that they don't get into the top five. I think they're a good lineup. I I don't think they're... A scary lineup, but like, and I think your takeaway on the Mets is really good because a lot of people probably aren't avoiding them yet, but they maybe should be. Yeah. So if you just use WRC plus, yeah. just a proxy, it's yeah. Dodgers one, Mets and Angels second at yeah. one seventeen, yeah. Twins, Twins at fourth at one fifteen. Okay, they're seventh in OPS, tied with the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Giants, Seattle, did not see that one coming, but WRC plus waits for for home ballpark too. So. Okay. Yeah. You know, which one we of don't care as much about like in the fantasy. Yeah. Right, right, right. So yeah. it might Safeco really crushes them, basically. They're winning yeah. eight to nothing today at Baltimore. So it's just as an illustration that get out yeah. on the road and they're a real offense. Houston not included. Uh when they went to Houston, I think they got shut out for a series. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, which is tough, tough, yeah. tough look there. But uh yeah, there's the Yankees at 110, Boston 109, St. Louis, Houston 10th, so a little bit better there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Toronto's slightly below average. They're 16th yep. and 98th, 98 is their WRC+. plus. Detroit dead last at 79, no surprise there. Oakland 81. You know, it's all indexed off of 100. So Cincinnati 28th, Pittsburgh 27th. You know, no surprises there uh, at all. No, there, there are, I wouldn't say there's no shortage of teams to target with your streamers, but there's certainly, there is every year, but between Oakland, Detroit, Pittsburgh, it's getting shorter, Cincinnati, yeah, Baltimore, and Cincinnati's waking up, uh, at least when they play in great American ballpark, they are. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. So are you still, I'm still mostly like open to streaming against them though. They haven't uh, got it past that for me. Let me put it this way. I use Michael Walker and DFS tonight against there you them. Go. 
So <laughs> yeah, the Royals. And he's Michael Walker. The yeah. Royals are a good streaming target still. Yeah. Texas is pretty decent streaming target. So, uh, yeah, like there's still a, a decent amount of streaming targets, which is good because, like we said, there aren't a lot of starting pitchers out there. So at least there's some teams you can go after. Yep, Camden Yards, man. It's all of a sudden a park I want to use. Yep, absolutely. Both ways. That's that's been my thinking a little bit with Jordan, guys like Jordan Lyles and Tyler Wells, is I'm like, oh, they're at home. Oh, uh, Bruce Zimmerman's the other, another guy, right? Oh, they're at home. Yeah. Well, okay, I could consider that for so many years. Recently, it was Baltimore's terrible. The park's terrible to pitch in. Like, there's absolutely no way. Um, there's no way that you can, you know, sorry, Bruce Zimmerman. There's a, but anyways, there's no way that you can consider starting a pitcher, a Baltimore pitcher in Baltimore. And now I'm at least open to it. Too bad, John. I feel so bad for John, John Means getting hurt again. Yes. Um, yes. He could have been doing, maybe, we'll, we'll never know, but he could have been doing great this year. Did you pick up, uh, uh, have you picked up Grayson Rodriguez or DL Hall anywhere yet? I have not. But but again, now I'm kind of open to it. In previous years, I would have said, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have just said, pitching for Baltimore is such an uphill battle. Your home park, the AL East, forget it. Like, I, I'm just out. I'm not, I'll never want to start you, even if you're a talented prospect. Now I'm like at least open to it. Now the AL East thing is still a problem because every other team in that division is really good. Mm-hmm. Well, Boston's not really good, but they're really good offensively. So, like, I'm not excited to pick him up, but I'm at least going to be more open to it when the time comes. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. right. Spencer Strider, you mentioned him on the outline. Didn't have a good start against the uh, Diamondbacks. Uh, defense was a problem behind him, though, too. Uh, there was there was definitely an issue there where they weren't making the plays. It, they, all the runs were earned, but there was some bad defense in that game. So, I, I, you know, I look at the seven Ks and four and a third, and that that's encouraging to me. The fact that he was able to go four and a third, they were able to stretch him out a little bit. That's encouraging a little bit. He did give up one homer, walk two, but I'm I'm not totally discouraged on him. And in fact, I here's the thing: I didn't start him this week because I didn't think he'd get stretched out in his first start. And his second start this week is at Coors Field. Yep, that might open up a buy low window in some league. So I, I'm still very interested in Spencer Strider long run. Yeah, me too. I think, I think the bot, yes, I think the buy low window could be in an NFBC like weekly style league. Maybe he gets dropped if the mm-hmm. first field start goes badly. Um, and then in like Yahoo type formats, maybe he gets dropped now because they, they someone picked him up and he started and the start went poorly, and now they know the next starts in Coors Field, and they say, ah, oh, forget it. Like, I'll try someone else. And maybe he gets dropped. If that was the case, I'd scoop him up. I wouldn't start him at Coors, but I agree with you. Seven strikeouts and four and a third is definitely something, especially for someone who pitched so well in relief. I think there's a better chance that he figures this out and has some effectiveness as a starter than that he, for some reason, can't be a starter but could throw three innings all the time and a bunch of times in relief and do fine. I, I think he'll figure this out as a starter. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too, and I want him. Uh, so uh, be uh, be on the lookout for leagues where he might be available. Mm-hmm. A couple more things before we sign off here. A um, couple other guys I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, Nolan Gorman, you suggested maybe be, mm-hmm. might be the best rookie pickup of the year so far. Yeah, I mean, he's off to a great start. Cardinals magic. Here we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got a 526 BABIP, so like he's not going to hit 387. That being said, uh, he's, and he's striking out a fair amount. So I don't know if he's going to be a big batting average guy, but I think he can hit for enough power. And then really important, they've been hitting him very high in a lineup that's 
pretty decent. Like it's not an amazing lineup, but it's pretty good. So if he keeps hitting high in the lineup, so a lot of the other guys who came up haven't made a great impact. So I'm not counting like the Julio Rodriguez guys who we drafted more the Jose Miranda, Royce Lewis, Alec Thomas, like Gorman so far seems like maybe he'll be the best of that group. And like I said, he's hitting high in a lineup that needed him and wanted him and uh, has been pretty good. I think he might end up being the best of all the ones that people have bid a bunch of their fab on so far. What do you think? Yeah, because I didn't get him at anywhere. So probably, Same. yeah. Same here. I got outbid pretty. I mean, he went over 300 almost every league. And, yes. and you know, I, I wish I was more aggressive, but I don't know if I would have gone that high. Uh, I've been I've been trying to play smaller ball this year. Right. Michael Harris is the most I spent on anybody. I was like 13 in labor, 119 in the NFBC main, 111 in yogurt. Um, you know, that, that got him, and I probably could have got him for less than I think in each of those. So, well, not in labor, I couldn't have, but the other two I could have. So, um, we'll see. I, I like Harris's upside, but he's a little riskier too because he's sure. coming straight from double A. So, we'll see. Uh, yeah. But- and, and if Gorman turns out, yeah, to be clear, the people who got him, like they paid for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they didn't luck they didn't into him in pretty much every league. Like they didn't get Gorman for 50 bucks and are like, Oh, I didn't really, I just added him. I don't know. They, you know, they, they, they targeted him and spent 300, like you said on him, 400, yep. some, some leagues, whatever, like they paid for him, but, but yep. he might turn out. I, he reminds me, could remind me a little bit of Manoa, Alec Manoa last year. Same thing. Like when he went, was, he was available last year, people paid for him and he turned out so good for them, but they didn't get him on the cheap. Yeah, he also could end up like Austin Riley, where he's awesome for six weeks, yep. terrible for the last three months, but then eventually got there. Is he a sell uh, high in a trading league right now? Probably. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, big, name, big name prospect, off to a hot start. Not many people check stats like Babip, right? So you, you sell yeah. him to someone saying, I mean, I get it in an expert league. Someone's going to check stuff like Babip. I try to sometimes remember that there are, hundreds of thousands of fantasy baseball leagues and 1% of 1% of them are NFBC leagues. Right. So yeah, it, it, I would also say though, that there's most fantasy leagues are the, the longstanding ones where there's mm-hmm. trading. There's not too many soft spots. No, no, but it, it, even in those leagues, I will find all my years in tout wars. Like there still will be people who will get hyped about a prospect who gets off to a flying start. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to resist them. He's got yeah. great minor league numbers. He's a really, really high prospect and he's off to a great start on a popular team. You know, maybe this is the time to trade him. I, I'm not thinking of someone just, well, you go for a position of need. Like if you, if you needed a closer, maybe this is, this is the time to make him the guy you trade for a closer, not someone who's more like steady established veteran, you know, yeah. and, and maybe in two months or six weeks, you're just the other person's like, Oh, like I gave away that closer and I got this Nolan Gorman and, you know, I got a good one good month out of him and now it's all falling apart. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but he, he probably is a sell high. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, finally, Nico Horner, two stolen bases yesterday. Could he hang on to this job and play full time? Even like say when VR comes back, I mean, why shouldn't he just be the full-time full-time shortstop as long as his defense is good enough? I guess that's the big question. Is his defense good enough? I think he's going to get a real chance to, to, to decide. I think that this is his time. Like he's, he's kind of a prospect still. I don't know. It depends on all your definition of a prospect. He was, he's not an A, he was never like an A plus prospect, but he was a prospect. I think he still is. He's still in that 
developmental phase, 25, right? But he's running out of time. Like, I think this is now or never. He's always been a high average hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a huge walker, but he's always been a high average hitter. I think, I think, I think he gets a decent run here. And I think in fantasy leagues, like this is someone, he got five steals last year and 149 at bats. He's got five this year and 115 at bats. Yeah. You no. Know, so he probably projects out to be, I don't know, a 15, if he were to play all season, like a 15, maybe even high teens steal guy with a, not much pop, maybe he gets you seven homers or something like that in a full year. So, yeah. but if you're a team that needs st- speed and batting average, I think he's an interesting guy. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. We picked him up in one of our mains too, and I did. So he had hey, a heavy, yeah. heavy schedule. This was the week to add him. Nine right? games. Heavy and then VR went down, which was yes. not anticipated. So that even gives him more playing time, which hey, that, that's. I just, yeah, fair. I just see with the, the Cubs offense isn't good. They're no, rebuilding. Really bad. If you've got a 25 year old shortstop who's hitting 296, like he is right now, even though some of the other stats aren't stellar, the walk rate, his OPS is just okay. Because you got a 25 year old shortstop who's hitting 296 on a rebuilding team and who has been a prospect in your system for a couple of years. So I think, I think you give them some run now. This is the time to do it. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off here today? Uh, only one I was going to mention is Aaron Ashby. I don't know. Yeah. I, 12 K's. Yeah. I don't know how high you're ready to put him in your, in a pitcher rankings list, but still like he's walking, he walks a lot of batters this year so far, but strikeout rate is really appealing. The Brewers certainly have a ton of success with their starting pitchers over the last few years. Uh, I'm, pr- I'm pretty in on this guy. I have no, I actually have no shares. So I so have, him in, a, I have pretty, him in our league because the outside I'm pretty in on this guy. I had him in labor and I held on to him this whole time because I like the talent. Cause James Anderson liked the talent there. So, yeah. and with yeah. Freddie Peralta out for months, like this is like Ashby, I think gets like an extended run here in the rotation. He's had two good starts since he jumped back into it. Um, yeah. He hasn't had that many bad, starts really even when he was in it before. So I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it. And I, like I said, the Brewers have definitely moved it. They're near the top of my list in teams where I just, I'm going to give them the benefit of it. I drafted a yep, lot of a fair amount of Eric Lauer this year. Same reason. Like I'm not totally sure how he did what he did last year, but he did it with the Brewers and he's back with the Brewers. So I in round 21 or something, I was like, okay, let's give this guy another chance. Labor might be the, one of the few leagues where I don't have any Lauer power. I have, I have a lot of them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I'm fully on board with that one too. Yeah. All right. I think that ties it up. Yeah. I do like the Brewers staff. Uh, Kay Salazar says the same, likes them up and down, even Ethan small. Um, Yeah. That's another guy that I I like quite a bit. So there you have it. Uh, That's going to wrap up today's podcast. Thanks everybody. Great interactions. Again, we love the comments in there. Thank you for sending them our way. Uh, We'll be back again uh, next week. uh, But Thanks for all the feedback, guys. Good luck in your leagues. Thursday, I'm going to have uh, Dr. Roto is going to join us. Uh, so hold on to your co-pays. We're going to have Dr. Roto on. So looking forward to that. And, of course, we've got the Prospect Pod again tomorrow with James Anderson. Thanks for listening to RotoWire. Have a great day. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 